Welcome to the Enjoy More 30s Family Finance Podcast, the only podcast dedicated to making life more enjoyable for young families by hitting on the financial topics that tend to weigh on us, stress us out, and distract our focus from simply enjoying life. Hello and welcome once again to the Enjoy More 30s Family Finance Podcast. Today, what we're talking to you about is the next episode of the Raising Your Investment Mindset series. So this series, we're wanting to help you reframe how you may view the scary unknown that's investments, and therefore you can utilize them in a more constructive way. You can better reach your goals. You can make life more enjoyable. That's the point of all this. As always, if you like what you're hearing, please make sure to subscribe, follow us on Apple Podcasts, wherever you may listen, clicking those stars, leaving those reviews. It really, really helps us reach literally millions of other young families that are just like you. Now, last week, we discussed how what may feel abnormal from an emotional standpoint can actually be very normal from a statistical standpoint. And by knowing what normal is, then we can better protect ourselves against acting emotionally when it does come to our investments. So take a look at if you know what range of returns, let's say, for any one time period is normal for your accounts. What is normal? What should you be expecting? from a statistical standpoint on your accounts for what can occur. So if you haven't checked out that episode yet, definitely do that soon. Today's episode I am super excited for. It is titled Advice Should Trump Fees, the 3% study, where what we're going to do is review, in my opinion, how advice should be viewed compared to fees, what studies have supported being true in our growingly fee-focused society. So if you're going to pay for advice, basically, you should really get some value out of it, right? That that should happen. And the goal for today's episode then turns into so that if you can say this at the end of the episode, then you have succeeded statement is I now better understand how advice versus fees for that advice can separately affect my situation. So I now better understand how advice versus fees for that advice can separately affect my situation. I want you to be able to know how if you are getting advice from someone, is it worth it? Feeling confident that it is worth it or that it's not. And so when we go through today, the first thing I want to share with you is a story about driving. So when I was learning how to drive, you needed to take a driving course for, you know, so many hours as part of that process. And I remember I started off really, really well. The instructor seemed to be pretty impressed, you know, I did have a lot of hours of racing cars and video game experience. So I was really, you know, excited to get behind that wheel. Holding a controller would obviously be exactly the same as driving a car in real life, right? Now, as the the time went on, I guess the confidence was not helpful because I made a couple, uh, let's say, shaky decisions before my time was up. Uh, but luckily, I still was able to to pass for my hours And overall, the reasoning for these courses, despite people that may have extensive video game experience, is that they want to make you take these courses because it's important to know what you're doing before you get behind the wheel of an actual car, a machine that could kill you or somebody else. And no one really argues with this process. Nobody says, oh, why are they making me take this driving course? Because the negative outcome is so clear. It's injury or death. When it comes to investment advice, it isn't so easy to see it. Some people have no advisor and they're fine, right? 
Don't advisors cost money? Are they really worth the money? Can I see that value? How do I know if I'm even getting a benefit? So let's start back two generations first with your grandparents. My job didn't even exist back then because there was no real planning that was needed. Everyone pretty much had a pension. Everyone pretty much had Social Security. They would retire and then they would just sit on their front porch for like 10 years or so before they passed away. Now, things are much different today. Pensions are mostly a thing of the past and Social Security is not going to replace your six-figure salary that you and your spouse have. You are now responsible for your own retirement in this society. Now, fees tend to come to the forefront of the discussion. So how much is an advisor actually worth? As of today, there have been several studies that actually tried to tackle this question. And they've been done by leading firms, not, you know, not Joe Schmo down the street, big, big, notable firms. The most notable of these is Vanguard. So pretty much everybody out there has seen a Vanguard commercial or probably has Vanguard funds in their 401k or something like that at work. And Vanguard decided to do a study that talked about just this, talked about fees. So I'll link this study to the show notes if you want to really dive you know, into it. But what they were trying to do is quantify this value. How much is an advisor worth? Now, Vanguard, like I said, I think most of you probably have heard of them, but they are one of the largest investment firms that are out there. And their approach to how they became one of the largest investment firms out there is to try to have mutual funds and ETFs. So, you know, basically investment options for you to use that are as low cost as they can be. So have the fund just basically track an index as cheaply as they possibly can so that, you know, they have the lowest fees and that's how they're competing against the rest of the market. It's not a company that says, let me try to hire the most expensive manager out there to try to outperform everybody else. They do the exact opposite of that. So low fees, they very much value. Low fees are their foundational element that built them up to where they are today. When they came out then, so Vanguard, this low-fee, low-cost company, when they came out and said their research showed that having a proper advisor could add 3% per year in overall net worth growth above what you would have gotten without them, 3% more per year in overall net worth growth above what you would have gotten without that proper advisor, it obviously got a lot of attention. How did they come up with this net number? How did they get to this huge value that they calculated? Now, when you break it down, the biggest chunk of this came from behavioral coaching, one and a half percent on average. And they they went about it in a really cool way because they have all these accounts, they have all this data. So how do we go about and say behavioral coaching actually adds one and a half percent? How can we structure something to really prove that one way or another? So what they did is analyze over 58,000 self-directed target date funds. So these are accounts that are retirement accounts and using target date funds that are selected based on your expected retirement year. So there's no reason to touch it. So if you're going to retire in 2040, and that's roughly when you think you're going to retire, there really should be no reason that you would ever change your investment. It's set up to get to be slightly more conservative over time to when you get to that 2040. So unless you decide, hey, I'm going to retire 2050 now or, hey, I'm going to retire in 2030 now, there should be really absolutely no reason to ever make a change. Over five years, they charted the data for these 58,000 accounts, and it came out that those people that made even one investment change, 
just one, they trailed the index by an average of 1.5%. Again, there should be no reason to make a change in a target date fund. It is set for your retirement. These investors were almost certainly acting emotionally when they made these changes. And the data that Vanguard calculated over five years shows that it cost them. Now, depending on somebody's situation, asset location was another major item that they talked about. So basically, asset location is where do you put your money? What kind of an account? Are you putting it into an IRA? Are you putting it into a 401k? Are you putting it into just a general taxable account? Where are you putting that money? Doesn't Does that matter? Could add as much as 0.75% according to all the data that they track. So if you're earning $100,000 a year, let's say, and you're putting that money into a joint account instead of a Roth IRA that grows tax-free, that's a huge difference down the line. All the growth taxable to some degree or all the growth tax-free. That really adds up. The last very significant area was withdrawal order in retirement. Where do I take my money out from first? Where do I take it out from second, third, so on and so forth? I have all these different accounts. I have a 401k. I take a, a joint account. I have an individual. I have a Roth. I have a 403b. Where do I take the money out of first, second, third, fourth, and so on? And they found that this could add another 1.1% up to another 1.1% in additional value. This is kind of like if you go back to algebra class, that whole order of operations thing that we learned. So parentheses is first, then multiplication and division, and so on and so forth. So following the right rules can make your money last significantly longer. They may all be three accounts, but which one you go to first, second, and third can actually affect how quickly you run out of money. That's super important, right? So if we take the approach and just go on the high side or towards the high side, we're already way over the 3%. And we haven't even gotten into comprehensive planning. If we throw in, let's throw in another 1% in fees, you're still coming out way ahead based on their data. The study didn't even talk about, like I just said, things that a good comprehensive advisor would be doing for you, like taking advantage of, say, matching contributions through work or analyzing your cash flow to maximize how much you could save every month or making sure you have the right you know, life insurance or disability insurance so it doesn't blow up all in your face. And it certainly doesn't address the most important thing of all that an advisor should be doing for you, relieving you of any anxiety that you may have allowing you to go to sleep at night with with peace of mind, without that anxiety. You want to have clarity in where you're headed. And so making sure you reach the goals that would make you happy in life. Again, all of this comes back to happiness. So let's do an example of some of those things. So Vanguard, they helped us out. They did that, that study, the 3%. And I didn't even go into a bunch of the other areas, but we got to way over 3% if we wanted to already just based on those three main items that they talked about. So let's do an example of some of these things that we just talked about from a comprehensive planning standpoint, things that the study did not even include. So we already have that 3% from the study. Let's go outside of that, above that, to some of the things that the study did not even include. So I call this the million-dollar example, all right? So if we take advantage, let's say we have a client that comes in and they have a 401k that offers a match that they are missing, that they're not taking advantage of. And let's just say that the person earns 100000 that matches 3%. So that would come out to almost $375,000 over 30 years at 8%, just because of that match being missed. Now let's say that the advisor meets with them annually and makes sure that they increase their savings as their income goes up by you know, 5% every year. 
Okay, now that adds another 275000 with those same assumptions because of their increasing contributions. You might say, hey, oh, I already take advantage of my match. Most people out there don't systematically increase how much they're saving every year into their plans as their incomes go up. In addition to that, now let's say that the advisor helps them save a piece of their bonus every year. Most people that come into our office and we ask them, where did your bonus go? They put their hands up into the air and they have no real idea where it goes. I think I saved some of it. Some of it definitely gets spent, but I really can't tell you, Joe, exactly where that bonus goes. So let's say another $5,000 a year at those same assumptions, which adds now over another $560,000. Now let's say that the advisor uses a Roth IRA that they weren't available, weren't aware of being available or, you know, 401ks that are raw through work. All of that could now be tax-free as well. So with those elements that we talked about, matching, incremental savings increases 5% every year, uh, saving part of the bonus, $5,000 a year, we are already well over a million dollars in value at that 8% growth. Let's say, let's knock it down again. Let's knock it down to 7%. Let's add another 1% in fees. You're still over $1 million in value. So between the Vanguard study of the 3% plus all the other stuff we talked about and all the stuff I haven't even covered, whether it be life insurance or disability or stock options or all these other things that an advisor, a good advisor can help you with, I hope that it's clear to see that a good advisor most likely can add significant value to your situation. So I can't say that every advisor would add value. I'm saying that a good, comprehensive advisor focused on planning absolutely should, in my opinion. If all you're getting from your advisor is some investment recommendations and not planning in any of these areas when it comes to asset location, when it comes to rebalancing, when it comes to behavioral coaching, when it comes to matching, when it comes to Roth IRAs, when it comes to withdrawal orders, all these different things, then yeah, I could see it not being worth the fee that's being charged. When you look at them helping you save more, though, when you look at them helping you save more in the right places, when you look at them helping you protect what you have, protect these dreams that you're building towards, it really is not complicated to add up the value that accumulates over the long run. So circling back around to the goal statement for today, if you can now say, I now better understand how advice versus fees for those advice can separately affect my situation then you have succeeded in the goal for today. Congratulations as always. Thanks as always as well for tuning in with me today and join us for next week's episode, which is the series recap. We're done. (laughs) We will run down and cover all of these various elements that we discussed when it comes to raising your investment mindset. Overall, if you are able to implement what we covered today, that is fantastic as always. I'm hoping to empower you in whatever way would be helpful. Less to worry about means more focus on enjoying life. If you're wanting help with these things, though, if you have questions, if you want things clarified, check out the Ask Joe section on the show's website, enjoymore30s30s.com. You can also connect with me directly by visiting my wealth management firm, New Horizons Wealth Management at nhwmllc.com. Until next week, thanks for joining me today as always, and I look forward to connecting with you again soon. The conversations on this show are Joe's opinions and provided for general information purposes only. They do not constitute accounting, legal, tax, or other professional advice for your specific situation. 
you should always seek appropriate advice from a financial advisor, accountant, lawyer, or other professional before acting upon any content or information found here first. Joe is affiliated with New Horizons Wealth Management, LLC, a branch office of TFS Securities, Inc., and TFS Advisory Services, an SEC-registered investment advisor, member FINRA SIPC.